All right, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm Caleb Sheely. I am uh, happy to announce that uh, I'll be interviewing Ben from Pineway Golf Company. Is that right? Is it company? That's right. You got it. Is that the name? Of, it, is yeah. that that name of your driving range too? It is. Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of had an ulterior motive bringing you on. Oh. I, I've always okay. I've always dreamt of having a driving range. Okay. So I want to know how I can, so, I want to know how I can get you, into it. Okay. Um, I hear that quite a bit that it must be like the, the, the best thing ever. Um, and there's, it's, it's definitely trickier than most people think I'm not saying it's not a good deal. Um, and if you wanted to get into it, well, you need a big chunk of land, I guess yeah. that's a good start. Right. Yeah. Um, don't you rent? I mean, really, what's that? Don't you rent? Do you rent land? I do. Yeah, Yeah. I do. So I took over, um, a driving range, uh, that's existed for almost 50 years. Um, and the uh, original owner passed away. The uh, property went up for sale. I looked at it. Um, you know, I'm 25 now I was 23 when I started. So um, it would have been a big investment and I didn't necessarily have the money for it at the time. So, um, when I was walking through, I sort of just passed a business card to the real estate agent. I was giving golf lessons at the time. He mentioned one of some golf lessons and, uh, you know, when it eventually sold to a couple of guys that just wanted it as a real estate investment, he slipped them my card and said, um, you know, maybe this kid would want to run it. And they called me up and said, Hey, you know, you rent the land from us. The business is all yours. What do you think? And I didn't have much going on at the time. So we kind of went for it. Yeah. So what do you mean you didn't have, that's much- how I got into it. What do you mean you didn't have much going on? Like you, you were just given lessons. Yeah. I was just kind of giving lessons on the side. I was going to school. Um, I graduated two days before I opened the range. So, I mean, I was coming fresh out of college. I, did, I either, you know, could have started looking for some jobs like a corporate type job or, um, take whatever came at me. And that kind of came at me at the right time. So where'd you go to college? Uh, UW Parkside in Wisconsin, Southern Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Are you, are y'all all bent grass up there? Or? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Um, as far as greens, teas and stuff, uh, a lot of just perennial rye too at a, you know, a muni course or something. So did, yeah. did you, I guess you majored in yeah, that? You're not, you're not gonna... No, I, I majored in history actually. Oh, I was going to be a man. teacher. I wanted to be a teacher too. Um, I started, yeah, I, I, you know, I can't count it out forever, but, uh, it was definitely my plan for a while. And then, uh, like I said, this just kind of came at the right time. Um, when I got the opportunity, I asked a bunch of people, you know, do you think I should do it? Do you think it makes sense? And everyone said, well, you know, everything there is to know about golf. So it, it makes sense. And that's kind of true, but I knew nothing about running a business. So from day one, I was learning everything there is to learn about running a business. Um, I didn't have any of that stuff down at the start. I was just kind of making it up as I went along. If you didn't tell me you were 25, I would have thought you were like, 37 not because of the way you look just the way you talk i mean you just seem <laughs> okay, like i'll take it then. you seem like you it. seem like you're very composed i think to be 25 and own your own business i think that's impressive in and of itself and I appreciate from, from the little bit that i like the little clips that i get from you on tiktok i see that you you voice your opinion freely but i i don't I don't see that you're scared to voice your opinion. And I think that's, I think that's a big maturity thing personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do think that, you know, when you, when you own a business, there's nobody to, I mean, this is a skill that I don't think most people learn in their twenties. I could be wrong about this, but I, I think, you know, when something goes wrong at work, there's no one for me to turn to, you know, I got to make the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of comes with it. You kind of have to grow up pretty quick when you're, uh, when you're making every decision every day. Um, and as far as my opinion, uh, 
Yeah, I feel like, I mean, when I started making TikToks, it was my first time. I didn't have any social media accounts, um, but I was, you know, I love watching people on TikTok. And, you know, I, I I was a little bit nervous at the start. I think most people probably are, but yeah. I just kind of looked at it like, you know, anybody that knows me personally knows me. And um, if they're not going to support it, then, you know, how how much do I really need them in my life personally, because it's really just a, you know, at least when I started, it's just kind of a fun, silly thing to do just for some entertainment. Um, even if I'm voicing a strong opinion, it's not like, you know, it's not like it's going to change anything in the real world. I can kind of, I can close out the app and that's gone. You know, it's, yeah. it's not a big deal most days. Yeah. Well, also I'd say probably 99.9% of people you're never going to run into. You know what I mean? That's true. So it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter what have you uh, have you met anybody? Have you met anybody that's recognized you from TikTok? So I've had or YouTube or I've had two. I had one. We were playing in a scramble tournament. A guy, big guy, walked up. And I was like, oh man, I'm about to get whooped because he's like, he's I mean, he's huge. He walked up and he was like, uh, hey, I watch your TikToks. I was like, that was not what I was expecting. Nice. So he he was a police officer. Yeah. He was cool about it. And then today, actually, I was out recording. Yeah. Um, a guy pulled up in a golf cart, and he was he was maybe 18, 17 years old. And he's like, hey, man, I watch your TikToks, stuff like that. But n- nothing crazy. Um, but yeah. But d- do people come to your driving yeah, range I've, for I've it? I've had a couple. Um, I've had a few, so I've had a few people walk in and, and kind of say, you know, you're the TikTok guy or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I never, I, I still haven't nailed down how to react to that. Cause it's like, I, I mean, I guess I'm the TikTok guy if that's what you want it to be. Um, I've only had one, one person recognize me away from the driving range. It was at a, a Dick sporting goods walking through a guy did like a double take. And then he's like, I've seen you. I just saw you on TikTok like an hour ago. And I was like, yeah. I, I still don't know, you know, what do you say? I mean, it's cool. It's fun. Um, but it's kind of, it's a little bit awkward. Um, it's very awkward. Time. It's like someone coming up to you and saying <laughs> like, you're a YouTuber and you're like, well, what we think of YouTubers like Logan Paul, like they do these crazy things, but we, we're just yeah. so melancholy. We just do our own thing and yeah, pe- people yeah. like watching it. That's what's yeah. crazy to me. Mm-hmm. You mean what, what you and I do people like watching it? Yeah. And that's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I think about it and I've thought about it a lot recently that, you know, if you're going to watch a sport, you're still going to turn on ESPN or, you know, whatever network this, this, the game is on. Right. Yeah. But for every other sport, the big ones, football, basketball, baseball, I mean, so many, they have people have massive audiences and people get their opinions from these people that are, you know, Twitch streamers or YouTubers or have podcasts and golf it has that for like, there's a handful of people that really have an audience like that. I mean, you're talking like good, good, or, you know, the people that have been doing it for a long time, Rick Shields, Peter Finch, you get beyond that. I mean, there is a lot of small creators and I don't think that golf has really hit that level yet. I think it will because so many people play golf now. I mean, more adults, I would imagine play golf, and play football, you know, you usually stop playing football in your teens or twenties, right? People still watch it and stuff, but I mean, actually playing golf, more people can relate to, I think what we do because they're out going out on the weekend and playing golf. Not a lot of people are going on the weekends and playing football or baseball, you know? All right. So let's back up. You you said you got your majoring in Mm -hmm. history. What was your original plan? Yeah. Original plan was to teach, um, I thought I wanted to teach, uh, you know, little kids at first, you know, like elementary school. And then I, when I got closer to graduation, I was thinking I would go and get a, a graduate degree in history and teach at a college level. Cause I just kind of liked the, um, the scene in college. I liked, you know, being around people my age and I guess, you know, I would be teaching people that were a little bit more mature, which was kind of my thing. And I had some teaching experiences from giving golf lessons. So that was good. Yeah. I wanted to be a middle school history teacher, history or math. 
Okay. So we're kind of in the same yeah. boat. I, I, See, Matt, I, I never actually pursued it. Um, sometimes I wish I did because mm-hmm. I see all these teachers that have summers off and stuff, but that's kind of, mm-hmm. that's kind yeah. of behind the point now. Um, when you started, what did you expect? At the range, you mean? Yeah. Um, very, very few expectations. Um, I knew that uh, it was going to be just me. I knew that there was going to be no money, at least for a while, to hire anybody to help me. So it was just going to be me. I don't really have any family in town. So really just me. Um, and I guess expectation-wise, or I guess things that didn't meet expectations, I, I underestimated how difficult it would be. Um, I still underestimate it sometimes. I think uh, if, if I were to shed a little bit of light on the just the sacrifice that you have to give up mainly with your time. I mean, this isn't just starting a driving range. This would be any business. The time it takes is, you know, I I've worked jobs where, you know, I worked 60 hours a week and that felt like, you know, you're being worked to death. Um, but then I've worked this job now and, uh, you know, it's, it's 14 hours a day, seven days a week. And then you're going home and, sending emails and you're always getting phone calls and it's, uh, yeah. So I didn't expect any of that. Uh, I knew that I could handle the day-to-day stuff, um, just because I like to work. It doesn't bother me to work. Um, but (laughs) that being said, it's a lot of work and I didn't fully expect it. So how long have you been doing this driving range? Um, yeah. So I, I'm coming up in the end of my second season now, Wisconsin is, uh, you know, we don't get, we don't really get winter golf. You might play indoor at a simulator, but you know, I'm shutting down probably in the next month. I'll have to think about shutting down. Just depends on the weather we get in October. Um, so yeah, this is under year two. So what do you do in the off year? Well, uh, last year I had did a lot of renovations around the place. I think I mentioned it was a it was an old driving range, so it had actually sat vacant for a little while. Um, so when I got there, it was not uh, it was not ready to go. I had to do a lot of renovations to the building and the, to the to the property in general, and um, so that kept me busy all of last year. This winter, I don't know. I can't tell you one hundred percent right now. I'm a very day to day guy. Big picture stuff is a little bit trickier for me, so uh, I'm trying to get through every day right now. That's about it. Yeah. Do you have to look long-term though, to get through to day to day? You know what I mean? Um, you mean as far as, you know, stuff to look forward to or, um, like goals, like setting up plans. Yeah. I'm a goal guy. I'm a plan. I I have to think, I have to think down the road. If I don't think down the road, then my day to day becomes so tiresome and it, it almost cumbersome. Mm. So uh, are you that way? Kind of have to look down the road. Um, you know, it's, it's tough because I definitely have plans. I've got, you know, goals. I, I think most people can set goals and seeing the path to it gets a little bit tricky. Um, you know, when you own the business, it's all about, you know, yeah, you're, you're right. You have, you do have to make plans. You have to set things up in a certain way. Um, but then it's a pretty unpredictable business being a seasonal business and, uh, you know, golfers can be kind of, I don't know, not consistent with their, uh, practicing habits. So you might get a bad week in the middle of summer when the weather's perfect. So, you know, um, I, uh, I, I'd say generally I take it one day at a time and I have ideas um, whether or not those ideas come together, you know, 50, 50, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how'd you start? Like, what did you have to put money down? Like how much it, it, I mean, you can answer this if you want to, you don't have to like give certain money amounts. I'm just curious how you started like on the financial mm-hmm. side of it. Right. So, so like you mentioned, um, so I don't own the land, so that's a huge, uh, expense that I kind of skipped from the beginning. Yeah. Um, there was quite a bit, uh, financially. I mean, if we could, I mean, we can get really in the weeds if you want and we can talk about, uh, um, you know, 
all the permits you have to pull to open a new business and, you know, tenant change permits and conditional use permits and, you know, stuff that would bore you, but stuff that you have to think about that yeah. costs, you know, yeah. thousands of dollars just to open the doors, renovations, like I mentioned. Um, and this was all just coming out of, you know, savings. I had worked uh, from 17 warehouse jobs and teaching golf lessons, random stuff here and there. So I had some savings and I knew I could sink a little bit of it in, into this. Um, uh, and it took, uh, I think another thing, if I could, if I could kind of share that most people don't realize is when you open the business, money starts coming into the business, it doesn't go in your pocket. Yeah. Um, you gotta be able to kind of not eat for a little while. Right. You gotta be able to get things up and going, you know, initial, initially the money that comes in goes right back into the business. Cause you gotta make improvements as you get going. Um, after a little while, you can take some money, but uh, you, there's definitely no uh, weekly or, or every other week paychecks coming in. Yeah. I, that's that's you know that's history to me. I don't get that anymore. Are you married? I'm not. I have a girlfriend of uh, seven years, so almost, but not uh, not officially. What do you mean almost? Are you like you already bought the ring? Uh, she might listen to this. I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> you think she'll listen to it? It's got to be a surprise. Okay. Oh, I'll send it to her. Yeah, she she's supportive. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's always good. I I think that's that's probably the biggest thing people don't understand is especially when you're married or you have a girlfriend, if they're not supportive, then you can't do what we do. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree. Yeah. It, I agree. I mean, just from a time aspect, I think. Plus, I have a one year old too, so that adds on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to, cause I don't have a kid, um, <clears throat> and I know how big of a, of a commitment that can be for my, my friends that have kids, but I mean, I work pretty routinely about 90 hours a week. And I mean, uh, I think really? if I were to fit a kid into that, I don't, I don't even know if it would be feasible without, uh, you know, bringing in a lot of help to take a lot of those hours away from me. So, yeah. yeah. Well, man, it's a sacrifice thing no matter what you do with kids. I mean, it's, you, you go work, like you said, 14 hours a day. I probably work eight to 10, depending on, I'm a farmer by the way. So like mm -hmm. during hay season, yeah. I'm working late. As soon as you come home, all your time is devoted to your kid or your wife or your girlfriend, yeah, you know? So, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's a balancing act for sure. Um, I, I don't know maybe when you cross that road, you'll, you can tell me how I can do it. Cause I haven't figured it out yet. You mean just the, the time balance? Yeah. How to sacrifice, how to balance. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta just, I mean, you said it already. You gotta have the people in your life that are going to be able to put up with you, not giving them everything that they need every yeah. day. Yeah. You know, some days you can, and some days you just can't. Some days I'm just too tired, yeah. you know? And as long as the people that I come home to are going to support me and, and say, you know what? I realize he's trying to do something to set us up for the future. So um, I'm going to let him go do that. And it'll all, you know, people that know me know me. They know that I'm going to do the best I can, do right by them. And, you know, end of the day, make it all work. Hey, you don't seem like a quitter to me. Um, yeah, I'd like to think not. Um, I've definitely got a competitive side that, that fuels a lot of what I do. Um, when I started playing golf, I was in tournaments within six months of starting and I've never, never really stopped for more than a year or so. Um, it's definitely a competitive side to me. Yeah. How old were you when you started golfing? Uh, I started when I was eight. Hmm. So about 17 years ago now. Yeah. It's kind of been one constant right it's just golf so you played all the way high school did you play any in college uh yeah all through high school i did not play in college i um i didn't start college until i was 20 so i took a couple years off and then when i when i went it wasn't really thinking about much else other than school um, but i played through high school and then after high school i played some high level amateur tournaments that kind of stuff um I was always good, never like great is the way I usually sum it up. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. This might this might be a little bit of a touchy subject. Um, are are you done posting on TikTok? Oh, you've been looking, huh? <laughs> I mean, I I, I follow um, you anyways. You know, that's why I wanted to have you on just because your story. Yeah. But I, I'm just curious because like, what was it like the sixth or something that was your last post? Somewhere around there. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. Um, I don't think so. No. Um, I think I've been thinking more recently about, uh, you know, how I add value to to the people that watch golf content, not just on TikTok, but, you know, YouTube. If I have a good video, it gets taken by 10 different Instagram accounts and shared around there. So Instagram, you know, all this, all this stuff. Um, I just want to, I want to think more about, like I said, how I can add value because sometimes I fall into the trap that I think a lot of people fall into. And it's not necessarily a bad thing because it's, it's kind of the way you grow, especially on TikTok is, um, you know, TikTok wants you to be really consistent. They want you to put out videos every day, ideally multiple videos every day. We all know this. It's not new. Um, at least us as creators know this. Um, and I think what that encourages a lot of the time is kind of quantity over quality. So you're putting out stuff you don't really care about just because you know, you have to post and I've, I've taken a week off before. And when you come back that first day, you might've been getting 5,000 views on every video. You come back the next, you know, after a week. They're only going to show it to like 200 people, even if it's a great video, in your opinion. You know? um, so I don't think, um, you know, I want to make sure that I I know what kind of content I want to make, even if it's not necessarily, uh, you know, in my best interest at times, because I want to be really satisfied with the stuff that I post, because it's it's just like my business, you know, that exists in the real world. What I put out is my product. I want it to be, you know, the best thing. I don't just want to post it and hope that it goes viral or hope that I get a few followers from it. I want to know that, you know, I think that if I post stuff that I really care about over the long run, it'll lead to more than just trying to, you know, game the algorithm. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed is when you have those low view videos, and let's say you you get 200 views on a video, but you get three people follow you. Those people will, they'll like every video, they'll comment, they'll always be there to support you. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned is not trying to do crazy videos and get millions of views, but like, like you're saying, do your thing. And the people that like watching you, like watching your content, they'll follow and they'll, they'll appreciate you for doing what you're doing too. Yep. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that, you know, it's very easy to get caught up in just the pure numbers. Yeah. You know, a video gets a hundred thousand views and you might get a hundred followers from it. Um, but how many of those hundred are going to be the people that comment in like every video, yeah. you know, you really want a hundred of those instead of 10,000 followers that, you know, are just following you and they never really watch the videos anyway. Right. So for those that don't know, Ben posted a TikTok and it was a, as a duet. Is that right? I don't even know what the terms are. Yeah. Not, I don't ever do that. Yeah. yeah. So y- you did that off of what Bryson was talking about, how he de-lofts all of his clubs. So his seven irons bent down to a five iron. He was saying come mm-hmm. some kind of mathematical equation where if, if he were to hit a normal seven iron, it would, generate so much speed that it would go way up into the air and he wouldn't be able to control it or something to that effect, which I do not understand in the first place, but for you to come on and say your opinion and people just absolutely mm-hmm. rip you apart. I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's a flaw in the community itself. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, that's kind of, you know, when I, when I made that video, um, and to be honest, it's, it's critical of Bryson, not as a person, not as a golfer, just kind of something weird that I saw he was doing and wanted to make, you know, just a 10 second commentary on. Um, but I knew when I made it, that was one of those, like I was talking about earlier, sometimes, you know, when you make something, at least I do, it's going to get a lot of views. 
And for that one, I knew it was controversial. So it would get a lot of views. And I posted it. And of course, the controversy comes in. And then you kind of think like, I'm getting the views. I'm getting lots of followers from this. Do I really like this? Yeah. Not really. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to take the video down, but I'm also not, you know, thrilled that this is the video that's giving me a lot of attention when the last five I made, I cared a lot more about, yeah. you know, um, the specific Bryson issue that the thing that drove me crazy more than anything was all the people commenting, saying, um, uh, something to the effect of, you know, how many U S open wins do you have? Yeah. And the, the point wasn't that I'm a better golfer than Bryson yeah. or that Bryson's a bad golfer. Yeah. You know, I was just kind of pointing out what I saw as like a little flaw in his logic, um, which is t such an innocuous thing to point out. Um, he wasn't wrong about what he's saying. He just seems to create problems and then fix them. And then we all, you know, hail him for fixing these problems when nobody else has these problems because they're not causing them in the first place. You know, that's the thing, though, is people are obsessed with how far they can hit their driver now. And I'm, I'm curious what his scoring difference was from before he bulked up to now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious what that average would be. I don't know if you, if you know that. No. Um, I mean, I know he's always been a long hitter um, because I remember watching him in college and they always talked about that being his biggest strength. You know, he struggled with his wedges in college. Um, at the same time, all of his clubs are the same length. They're the length of a six iron. And if I tried to hit a 56 degree wedge, that was the length of a six iron. There's no way I could do it, you know? So it kind of is a conversation I was having with a friend a little while ago. Um, I'm not sure with Bryson, if he's like a top level talent and everything that he does with the tech and with the, you know, his method of doing things holds him back. Or if he's a medium level, you know, professional talent and everything that he does adds to that and bumps him up to that higher level. Um, I don't have an answer for that. That's just something I like to think about. Yeah. I know that, like I said, I remember watching him in college. Um, I know that uh, his, his distance has always kind of been his strength because his, they talked about him struggling with his wedges from time to time in college. Um, that being said, all of his clubs are the length of a six iron. If you handed me a wedge, that's the length of a six iron and told me to hit it probably couldn't do it either. So, um, that's kind of where I wonder sometimes with him, if this, if his ideas with tech and all this, this kind of stuff is really helping him as much as he thinks it is, or if it's holding him back, you know, in certain areas. Um, but I don't know, right. That's why he's on tour. I'm not, that's kind of, yeah. That was the whole deal of why, why you got roasted too. But right. I, I yeah. don't, I, I see it from your side, but I, one thing I don't understand, I do understand the one length irons because just the same swing all the time. Mm -hmm. I think that has to have something to do with everything being bent forward though. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not so big on the, on the tech side of things. I've kind of always leaned more towards the teaching. Um, and you know, the, he's, it's a, it's an experiment and right. I don't, I don't think we fully know if he's right or wrong, I don't think he knows if he, he definitely thinks he's right. Um, which is fine, you know, rather be committed to something that's wrong than, uh, you know, not committed. Um, I don't really, I don't really, uh, get to see too much of him anymore, not be on the PGA tour. I don't, uh, you know, that's a different conversation, but, um, yeah, he's an do you interesting want to dive into, Do you want to dive into that or probably not? Um, Cause I, I don't, you know what? I don't have, that strong of opinions on it. I tend to stay away from the, uh, the political stuff, the moral arguments. Um, yeah. what I will say is to me, live golf is just not a good product, at least not right now. I've, I've turned it on out of curiosity. It's just not for me. Um, it might be for other people and they might make it better in the future. And I might start watching. I don't know, but that's all I care about at the moment is just, it's just, it's just not the same to me. Well, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just going to steer away from that. Cause we could go on a long, yeah. 
We can no, go no, on a rabbit yeah. hole for that. All right. One no. thing I like to do, um, I've done this with two people before. It's rapid fire. It never, it's okay. never ends up being rapid. It's always a slow burning <laughs> fire. So okay. we'll just, we'll just take it as it goes. Um, I got 13 questions for you. So okay. we'll just, All right. we'll just, we'll just, we'll just go where it takes us. All right. Let's do it. Um, who's the greatest golfer ever? Tiger. Not said. There's no debate. Yeah. No Not debate. really. I didn't grow up a huge fan of him, but over time, you know, you, you can't really deny it. It's, I would, I'll separate even, you know, the, the stats. Um, I've never seen anyone play with, with his mentality. And to me, the mentality is so big, you know, he's just got that dog. He's just a killer. Yeah. What's your handicap? Um, I'll, I'll say this cause I think you'll probably understand it. I think we're pretty similar in, in skill level on any given day. It's a two or it's an eight. I can't really nail it down. Um, I don't have one officially at the moment, but it's, it's all over the place. Just depends on what I ate for breakfast in the morning, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I was listening to, um, I don't, do you listen to Rick Shields golf podcast? I don't know. So they were talking about, you know, who Min Lee is. Yeah. That's Min G Lee's brother. So mm-hmm. he went out and shot, I think he's on the DP world tour. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think he plays on the PGA as well. I think he, okay. So he went out and he shot 76. The next day he went out and shot 62. And they were talking about consistency. Like you even look at professional golfers and they look at consistency, but I mean, look at him. He shoots 76 and then goes back and shoots 62. So I think Mm -hmm. a a plus or a minus two to a minus eight is not bad. That's pretty consistent. I'll take it. I, uh, yeah. If I'm playing, if we're going to go out and play for money, I'd probably lean closer to the eight. Um, but I'm also, I'd be okay playing probably off like no more than a, no less than a three or a four right now. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. I'd be happy shooting up 76 right now. Um, what's the worst customer you've ever had? Worst customer. Um, you know what I've kicked, uh, I've kicked one person off my driving range ever. Uh, one guy and his buddy and they showed up, um, you know, I do a last call for selling golf balls, just like you, you know, last call at a bar for drinks. Yeah. And uh, that's so I can give lessons at the end of the day and, and you know, pick up balls and do my work I need to do, get things ready for the next day. And a uh, guy showed up right before last call, gave him and his buddy some balls, started giving my lesson. And then uh, they came up midway through my lesson, asked for more balls. And I said, look, I can't do it. Everything's locked up. I'm in the middle of a lesson here. And they gave me a hard time in front of two kids that were like seven, eight years old. And I didn't really have any patience for that. You know, it's like, yeah. what do you want me to do here? I'm not going to stop this. You know, they paid me good money for this. There's no way I'm, uh, I'm helping you out. I told you the rules when you showed up. So, um, I asked them not to come back. They gave me a hard time. They didn't like it. Um, but I haven't seen them since. So that's, that's all right good. by me. That's good. All right. For everyone that goes to the driving range, this is the correct answer right here. Do you hit your divot patterns in a line or do you hit them in a circle? Uh, at my driving range, it's a line. Is there a correct answer? Um, you know what? I can live with the lines or the circle. What I can't live with is the little, uh, you know, divots all over the Pepper. place and no pattern at yeah. all. Pepper spray. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite pro golfer? Um, favorite pro golfer is Adam Scott has been for close to 20 years now. Um, my family's Australian. That helps. Um, he kind of embodies a lot of what I like about golf. You know, he's he's got the swing. Um, he just seems like a, a nice guy, um, which goes a long way with me. Um, yeah, Adam Scott, definitely. He's always classy, too. Like, he's, he never yeah. seems out of place when he wins. He it seems like he always fits in. I'm not saying he's like an elite, like an elitist like golfers used to be. He's always classy. He never seems to raise any commotion or I could get behind Adam Scott. I think he's got the best swing in the game too, personally. Well, yeah, I've said that for years, but yeah. 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 I like that. People, swing. people will argue. That's okay. Oh, yeah. Um, what's your favorite major? Um, 
it's the Masters, but uh, if the U.S. Open or the Open are set up on a course, you know, the right way and a course that I like, on any given year, one of those two could be my favorite. There's been years where the, you know, the U.S. Open is just set up so well. Yeah. It isn't Whistling Straits in Wisconsin? Oh, yeah. This, uh, this picture that you probably can't see right behind me, that's from Whistling Straits. Um, we've had PGA championships there. We've had Ryder cups there or a Ryder cup. We've had uh, LPGA yeah. majors there, I believe. Yeah. There's a lot of good golf in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, I think I, I'm a Georgia boy, you know, I'm going to say yep. the masters yep. just because, you know, Georgia boy, I think it's hard to beat the open championship at St. Andrews. I don't, mm. I don't think there's anything that compares. Yeah, I, uh, I'll agree with you. I mean, there's, uh, it, it, it's a different game almost. And in a good way, it's, it's a thinker's game. It's, it's a finesse game. Um, and, uh, yeah, I could get behind that. This year was definitely a fun one at St. Andrews. I think the grandstands on 18 does it for me. Yeah, that's, that's that walk down 18 there. It's iconic. That's a nice one. So how far are you from Augusta in Georgia? I'm like an hour and 15 minutes. Okay. I've been twice. Right. Oh, yeah? I've been twice. Yeah, two practice rounds. Hey, so I you're went, on the ground. I went, right? I went to, um, it was the year before Tiger came back, which I can't remember who won that year. So that would have been 2018. Does that sound right? Yeah. And, and I don't know if that was Patrick Reed. Maybe Reed or, uh, you know what, was it, um, it might've been Dustin. I think Dustin put the jacket on Tiger. If I'm remembering that right. No. Uh, yeah. Well, Dustin was the COVID year and they had it in the fall. So it's the other way around. Tiger put it on Dustin then maybe. It's the other way okay. around, but no, I think Dustin actually put it on Tiger cause he won it in 21, right? 2019. Um, Tiger won it in 19. Okay. Yeah. Tiger put it on Dustin. I want to say it was Patrick Reed. It might've been Patrick Reed. Now I think it was the year that Tony Finau broke his ankle or dislocated okay. his ankle. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. So I, I so went does... that year. Okay. Good. Good. No, no, go ahead. I went that year and, and then the year before that. So I, I, I can't remember who won for the life of yeah. me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't have the, the greatest memory from year to year, but um, no, I was just going to say, how does, uh, how does Patrick Reed play down there in Georgia? Cause I know he's a Georgia kid, uh, but he's got a little bit of a reputation. We don't claim him. Okay. All to right. be honest. That's, all right. So he, That's fair. he he actually he went to UGA. I actually live maybe twenty minutes from the University of Georgia. He went to UGA okay. for a year, I think, and then he transferred to Augusta State, I believe. So he mm -hmm. I mean he grew up in Augusta. We don't claim him in Georgia. Okay. I'm I'm really not sure. I don't know if of anyone personally that does like Patrick Reed. Yeah, no, it's a short list. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, who's your favorite content creator? Mm. Oh, uh, it's actually an easy one for me. Um, guy named Eric Anders Lang. You know who that is? Don't. I've heard the name, but I've never. I don't know who he is. So he um, he makes uh, a couple different shows on YouTube that I watch. Um, the one that I found him through was uh, adventures in golf. He goes all over the world and, and does, you know, the, the coolest, craziest, you know, golf experiences. And, um, in the last few years, he started making the break 90 series, which is really popular where he goes. I think he says he's a six handicap and he goes to usually majors, um, around the time that majors are put on, he goes to the event, to the venue and plays it from the tips and tries to just break 90. So for me, being in a similar level, it's fun to watch a guy go play these tournaments, uh, well, tournaments, and you know sometimes he'll shoot a ninety-five, and it's it, it shows. You know, um, he does a lot of cool stuff. Uh, it's he's a big part of the reason why I've, I've actually stepped back and thought about you know what I do and and what I would like to do as opposed to just putting out content that is kind of meaningless sometimes. 
Um, are you a Rick Shields guy? Yeah, back in the day, I watched a lot of Rick Shields, not so much anymore. Um, but yeah, he's he's great. There's no denying that. Yeah, he's a legend. I would I would put him a tier above Good Good personally. See, I've never really watched Good Good, and I think um, I think they came in a. I have seen a couple of videos. It's good stuff. And, you know, they, they wouldn't yeah. be as big as they would they are if it, if it wasn't. Um, it just came a little bit late for me. I don't know. They're, um, yeah. I'm not someone who picked up golf in COVID or even recently. Not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that's kind of the crowd that I feel like they appeal to. Um, yeah. Which is a, yeah, it's, sure. a, it's a necessary. Yeah. What's your lowest round ever? Sixty nine. And you ever shot it again? Uh, no, just the once. I've broken par a few times. Um, I've definitely been around par plenty, but uh, 169, and I kind of hang my hat on that one. <laughs> How'd that feel? Uh, you know what? I didn't know I was going to shoot it. I was playing early in the morning. We played, uh, me and one other person played in about two and a half hours, 18 holes. Um, so we just ran around and I think that was the best thing for me. I wasn't thinking things too hard, you know, it's just hitting the shots and yeah. came out 69 and yeah, it's, it's a good feeling. It's a great feeling. I bet so. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you could be sponsored by any brand, what would it be? Um, I got a bit of an inside joke with my, one of my friends. It's not a golf brand. It's uh, Lenny and Larry's cookies. You ever had a Lenny and Larry's? No, <laughs> they make these, uh, they're kind of like a protein cookie, I guess. Um, and I eat at least one every round of golf I play, uh, and they've got a cool logo. So I've always joked that I want to be sponsored by them and just get their logo on a golf polo. You need to start tagging them in your stuff. I I've thought about it. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, you should. I mean, what it, it can't hurt anything, you know, like, right. Yeah. Worst thing that could happen is they don't watch it. Yeah. I think you ought fair to. Enough. Um, what about golf brand? Um, golf brand. I like probably most loyal to ping. I like ping my driver, fairway woods, hybrids, ping. And, uh, I've got you know, Titleist irons, Titleist wedges, but I think I'm a little bit more loyal to ping. You're not going to get me to swing anything other than a ping for a driver for a while. Why is that? I just haven't found anything like it, you know, just for me, um, the sound, the feel, everything, uh, yeah. it's been ping. I've had, I've had three different ping drivers now and they're all, you know, fairway woods hybrids. Nothing to me feels quite the same. Yeah. Buddy of mine has a ping. I think it's a 400, I want to say. And mm -hmm. that head felt so light. I don't know if it was his setup. It just felt, like half the weight of a tailor-made mm. i've only ever swung yeah. a tailor-made okay so what do you so, play now what, i got an um, m3 okay yeah yeah uh people have told me it's dead i don't know <laughs> i don't know the difference between dead or alive but okay. I'm, I'm just gonna keep swinging it it's already paid for you know so if it feels good it feels good so yeah what is your favorite course to play um, I guess favorite course that I get to play regularly would be a course called Shepherd's Crook, just south of the border in Illinois here. Um, favorite course I've ever played would probably be uh, University Ridge. That's where the Wisconsin Badgers team plays. Um, so we got to play there for uh, you know state tournaments in high school. Um, but favorite experience would be a course called Lasonia in northern Wisconsin. We got to take out those... Uh, I don't know if you ever seen those motorbikes for golf carts. Oh yeah, yes. The, so we got to take those around for the day. The, yeah, kind of scooters. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we got to take those around. Uh, me and a buddy ended up playing. I think twenty-seven holes. Um, just a, it's like a link style course. Ton of fun, and the best way I can describe it is um, the course is like a private country club type course in, in terms of quality. But the whole vibe around the place is just like you're playing at a Muni or, you know, a county course. And that's, you know, that's where I feel at home. So, yeah, it was best of both worlds. 
we don't have those things down here. The little carts. All we have is golf yeah. carts. So I'm a little jealous of that. Not gonna lie. <laughs> if you ever if you ever get the chance, I say take it because they're a ton of fun. Yeah, they go fast. You know, when you're on it, yeah, you're zipping around. It feels fast. Yeah, that's important. That's important. What What's your biggest golf pet peeve? Oh man, I should have a good one for this. You should um, have a bunch of all the people that come to your range. Yeah, they're not so much. Uh, I guess it's different. Um, I think. Um, I think it was actually uh, your brother in the first episode might have said this, that uh, just the way people talk around you, you know, when someone's really negative about their, their own yeah. play, it just, it kind of kills it for everybody. That might be the yeah. biggest one. Um, yeah, that's the one that comes to mind for sure. You can get behind that for sure. My biggest pet peeve is when somebody's driving the cart and they don't press the pedal down. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's just as important as that, in my opinion, is when the, the cart should be moving before the person's butt has hit the seat, you know, for sure. They're already halfway in the cart. The cart should be going. I'm not going to wait for them to sit all the way down. And that's something that a lot of golfers don't understand. That's very underrated, but also, <laughs> you know, what's even more, more infuriating than that is when you're trying to write the score down and someone plops in the seat. Yeah. Yeah. These are all things you got to think worst. about. Yeah. yeah Cause you're right. Yeah. You're writing down your, your first part of the day and it ends up a six and you're like, Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I got to race it. Nobody's going to believe me. Yeah. Yeah. Dale does that to me all the time. Um, all right. Last question. You got to force them, but you're the fourth. Okay. Name any other three people to play with. Okay. And where are um, you playing? Oh, and where are we playing? Wow. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with my dad. That's the one lock. Uh, he taught me how to play. Um, definitely taking him. I'm going to take Adam Scott because he's my favorite player. He's my dad's favorite player. Um, and I'm probably taking, I'm probably taking Rory. I think uh, up until maybe a few weeks ago, it would have been a, another young Australian golfer that you could probably guess, but uh, certain things have transpired and he wouldn't be included anymore. Yeah. Um, I think Rory would be a good time. And I love watching him swing. I love watching him Scott swing. As far as where we're playing, um, I've never played whistling straights. I probably will never, never have the money to play whistling straights. So let's, let's say whistling straights. How much is it? Um, I want to say it's definitely upwards of three, 400 for a round. And then you got to pay your caddies fees and you could probably spend yeah. five, 600 bucks just to play there. Yeah. Maybe one day I wouldn't count it out yet. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if you know the. there's a guy on TikTok. His name is Luke Letty. He's a caddy. Okay. Might've seen him. Yeah. Yeah, Luke Letty, he caddies at, I think he's up in New Jersey when it's hot, mm -hmm. and then he goes to Florida in the winter. He's at Sawgrass. How much do you think it costs to play there? Sawgrass is a is a player's course, but uh, I don't know. I wouldn't have a guess. Try 600. Yeah. Wow. 600, and then caddies fees on top of that. I, I asked him because I was curious. And I was thinking about like, you know, maybe one day I'll go down there and play and get him to caddy for me mm -hmm. and I'll tip him good, but I'm not paying $600 to play around the golf. No, those kind of courses, I feel like you got to know somebody that can get you in for half rate or something or yeah. some rich guy to pay your fees or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know any of those rich guys. I don't either yet, but you know, yeah, I hang around them. I uh, just don't know them well enough to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, any long-term goals for you? Um, long-term goals, I guess in golf or content creation, I, I do want to find, you know, what my, uh, what my content is, um, what kind of content fits where I fit yeah. in, uh, 
in like the golf community. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for me now with, with content creation. And I, I really want to take my time to figure that out. Um, as far as the business, um, it is very day to day, but just growth. Um, yeah. I've had a really good year compared to last year. Last year was not bad, but first year you make mistakes and this year has been a lot better. And I just want to continue to grow. Um, you can't ask for much more than that. No, you can't. And I, I think that, and I told Luke the same thing. I interviewed him last week. I think if you stop posting, then I think that would be a loss for what good there is left in the golf community. So I don't want you to do that. I want you to keep posting because normally when I come across your videos, I, I see people that maybe you don't know if they're being trustworthy with mm -hmm. their shots or mm -hmm. things of that nature. And when I come to your page, I know that I'm going to get an honest opinion or I'm going to get something valuable in return for watching what you put out. Hmm. Well, that's nice to hear. I mean, I, I'm definitely uh, not one of the guys that would ever post a, a shot that didn't happen or, or not post a bad shot. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out there trying to impress anybody. So. Well, before my internet cuts out, I really appreciate you coming on, spending time with me. And uh, I, I'm very selective with people that I ask to do this. Um, so I don't know if you should feel honored or if you should feel ashamed of that. Um, but I really appreciate I really appreciate what you do. And before you go, I want you to shout out, like kind of tell me where people can find you. Sure. Well, first of all, I am honored. Uh, when you first messaged me, I told you, you know, I'm, I'm very humbled that you would even think of me for something like this. I will gladly come back anytime, you know, if you run out of people to interview. Um, maybe we could do it in person someday. Who knows? Um, so. People can find me, uh, you know what, pretty much just on TikTok. If you're in the southeastern Wisconsin area, you can come hit some balls. I'm there every day. Uh, Pineway Golf Co. Um or just on TikTok, Pineway Golf Co. Um, yeah, that's that's really the only place I post consistently uh, and will be posting again in the future, I'm sure. I'm glad to hear that. The greatest golf driving range owner on TikTok. <laughs> Might yeah. be the only, but that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's okay. You're, you're first place out of one, so that's good. At least you weren't second. That's right. So That's right. <laughs> I, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, yes, I will definitely have you back. It has been an awesome interview. And hopefully I can go start my driving range now. Hey, you need any help? Let me know. I will. I really appreciate it. You have a good night, Ben. Yep, you too, Caleb. All right, see ya.